This is the Editor's Half Hour. Step into the life of an editor for 30 minutes as we discuss the craft of editing, industry trends, and editorial resources. Your host is co-founder and CEO of Peak Publishing, Inc., Nadia Jaja Pupa. She is experienced in all facets of the publishing industry, from editing to design, and works with corporate clients and self-published authors. Nadia and her guests are about to share powerful insights and stories on what it takes to be an editor. And this is your host, Nadia Jaja Pupa. Welcome, listeners, to the Editor's Half Hour. Today, we are going to talk about social media, how to embrace social media for your business. But very specifically, we are going to talk about one platform, which is Instagram. Instagram is one of those things where all the young kids are on there. It's fun, but there are editors on there too. And I just, I myself discovered this very recently, honestly. Um, I had my own, you know, personal profile, but I created one specifically for the podcast. And that is exactly how I met my wonderful guest today, who is Isabel Lands. We actually connected and met on Instagram. She is in, I think, London, right? In the UK, yes. <laughs> in the UK. Um, we met on Zoom, we got to chat, and and we really actually connected on Instagram. So Isabel is an editor. We uh, have a lot in common, but she actually, I think, focuses in fiction. So Isabel, please introduce yourself. Tell us about your um, your editing gigs that you have, the types of work that you do, and then we will talk about your really awesome Instagram profile, which I got sucked into and couldn't stop looking at all the fun videos and photos. We have so much to talk about today. So please introduce yourself and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and be chatting with you about Instagram. It's fantastic. Um, so I am Isabel Lands. I am the owner of Inspired Creative Co. I started my business in 2019 after several years of freelance work and working in-house at a London publisher. And I specialize in writing, coaching and developmental editing for fantasy, crime, historical fiction and romance writers. Oh, that's so fun. I am so envious. I wish I could just focus solely on fiction. Someday I will. So let's just start at the beginning. You know, starting your own business, because you worked as an editor before you started your company, right? Mm -hmm. And you you needed to build some sort of base somewhere, you know, on social media. There's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, those are main ones. And then there's Instagram. But you found a niche in Instagram. So I want to hear about how you launched the profile, your specific profile, and how you kind of realized over time that it was actually Instagram was your jam. And you're like, this is what I'm going to do and and how you kind of develop from there. So why don't we start early on um, what you experienced when you were creating your your profiles on various platforms and what it was that kind of led to Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was working in publishing, um, I was on Twitter because that was the one that everyone was on and everyone always said, you need to be on Twitter. So I got on Twitter right. um, and that's where all the publishers are and where all the agents are. And I thought this will be really good. Then this, I can connect to everyone. And I can network. Great. Um, but I didn't really understand how Twitter worked, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was so... 
I don't know, so specific, I suppose, because the captions were so short and I thought, I don't know what I'm actually supposed to talk about on here. What can I tell you in so few words? Um, I also got onto LinkedIn, but again, I didn't really understand how you were supposed to interact on there. And I think for fiction editing and for building my business, it just didn't feel right. It felt more like Mm -hmm. a networking platform for other editors than Mm -hmm. to meet potential clients. And then I fell into Instagram because I discovered that that was where, like you said, all the young, fun people are. And I thought, I can be young and fun. So got on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. And it was a very long process of learning how to use it because I didn't know what to talk about. I'm not photogenic at all, so I didn't like to show my face. And if you can't show your face, then what do you take photos of? So (laughs) it it was a very long process. but. Ultimately, I enjoyed Instagram because that was where I could make the most natural connections with other writers. That's great. I love that you you found a place where you realized, okay, the interaction just isn't there. Engaging with the potential clients isn't there on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, and you know, everybody can everybody has their own personal story and their own you know, success story, maybe through Twitter, but you found that on Instagram. And, and that's really why I want to focus this, this episode today on this, because I think that there are editors who don't realize the power of social media and then specifically Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I am one of those people. I'll, I am just going to have to admit this (laughs) where I, I tend to say, I hate social media. It it's another thing. It's a task that we have to use or, you know, it's, it's sometimes I approach it and I I still do sometimes, you know, can't help it. You, you approach it with a burden, like, Oh, do I have to post stuff? People, nobody cares. You know, am I really going to get clients from posting on Instagram? You know, you have all these questions. Then you start getting self-conscious. I don't want to post photos or selfies. What? You know, so you start complaining yeah. internally <laughs> to yourself. And but then at the end of the day, it's 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 a necessary thing for outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Isabel, when when we both met, and I want our listeners to know this, that, you know, we, we got into a really good conversation and it was so inspiring that I thought we really do need to have an episode that's really devoted to specifically Instagram. Isabel has revealed to me that she has had people reach out to her DM direct message her. And that's how you've gotten a lot of gigs. How cool is that? I mean, so awesome. And you found this community of writers on Instagram. So share with us how it, what you went through when you started to realize that this is your platform where you can actually find potential work. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there because you have a lot more to say. So I need to shut up and let you talk. <laughs> so go ahead. So tell us about the first time you realized, you know, you got your first, you, you got your first client on Instagram and then how it went from there. Wow. Um, I mean, you're so right in like the roller coaster of emotions that you feel on social media. I definitely had that at the beginning. And I think at the beginning, it's so much harder because it's that constant like uphill battle <laughs> to make it pay off yeah. and to make it good. Um, so I was definitely there. Um, but I think ultimately, I realized that what was helping me to get noticed was that I was providing value 
to my followers. So I had lots of people mm-hmm. who at the beginning were my first ever kind of followers and fans, if you will. That's not the right word, but <laughs> the people who really responded uh, yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. They would comment and say, this is so helpful. This is great. I can't believe you don't have more followers. And I used to think, I know. <laughs> I know it's good. Please <laughs> follow me. <laughs> Get seen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then I... And you have a lot of followers now. It's really cool to see it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's taken almost four years. It's been about three and a half years now to get to this point. And it was a lot of trial and error. And I didn't have any mm-hmm. social media before I started my business accounts. So wow, it was all that's very crazy. much from scratch. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So I think that definitely like being consistent and showing that value and sharing the value that led to then getting the clients. And then from there, it was really just the testimonials and the kind of the word of mouth and having other people's results to share and be able to say, I helped this writer do this amazing thing. That could be you. And then that just speaks for itself, really. That's amazing. And it's so simple, but, and I think as editors, we need to embrace that a little bit more because, you know, you may have a profile that you've set up, but if you're not posting anything and you're just letting it remain stagnant, you're not going to make those connections, even if it's with another editor or a potential client. I think it is really important. And I've, mm-hmm. I'm still learning myself, but I think what really, really stuck out to me when we first met one-on-one on, on Zoom, just, hey, who are you? And, you know, we're perfect strangers, but I, was, I wasn't hesitant at all to connect with you because I had seen your profile and I saw, okay, she's not a robot because, you know, that that's an actual thing on LinkedIn. At least I know with LinkedIn, there are bots that are just sending, trying to sell you things. Um, but I saw your profile and it was very customized. I, I mean, not customized. Um, it was very personal and you mm-hmm. had this special touch. And when we met, you said something to me that I'll never forget. And I took notes and it was the no like trust factor. So let's talk about what that means um, and why that's so important, especially for editors who need to amp up their profiles. Yeah. So I can't remember now where I first heard that phrase, but it really stuck with Mm -hmm. me. And so the no like trust factor means that your audience gets to know you, then they get to like you, and then they trust you. And when they trust you, they buy Mm -hmm. from you. And so in developing the no like trust factor, you are Mm -hmm. allowing them in, you're showing off your personality, you're showing them behind the scenes, you're showing them who you are, what you do, and like your whole vibe, I suppose, as a a person, whether or not they connect with that. Um, and then the liking factor is whether or not they like all the content you're putting out there and they like your, your style and your approach to your business and how you interact with other people. And then through that trusting that you are knowledgeable, that you are professional, that you are the person who can help them and then feeling comfortable then reaching out and saying, Hey, I have a book. Do you want to help me? Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about ideas. Let's give other editors out there some ideas on what they can post to show 
to kind of get other people to know you, you know, and I'm still working on this. Give me ideas, please. (laughs) I I need to, this is useful just for me personally, because I'm creating this, this Instagram profile. I have created it for the podcast, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm, Mm. I'm posting little fun things that I'm creating on like Canva. You know, I also have InDesign. I can customize graphics. So let's talk about graphics. We could talk about, you know, ideas on, on how to get your audience to know you. Um, and then we'll kind of work through like, you know, showing your personality and sense of humor too. Yeah. So, so what's an example of a good one is, is my question. Um, so, I mean, it, the good thing about writing is that it's so creative and you can get really creative with it. So things like, you know, if I had to sum up my personality in five books, and then you had a reel of you with five books that showed off who you are and then asking people, oh. have you read these books or what books would describe your personality? And then you start a dialogue with them and you can talk in the comments. And I think that's that's the key thing is having those conversations. I put a lot yeah. of time and effort into having conversations with people and if they would respond to something, to a post and they would leave a comment, then I would talk to them. Or I would reply to their story and say, oh, congratulations for finishing a first draft. That's amazing. And then we'd chat in DMs about their story and what they were working on. And so they got to know who I was and that I actually cared, that I wasn't just cold messaging them like, hey, send me some money and I'll help you with your book. <laughs> so <laughs> That you genuinely cared to hear about their success and yeah, congratulate them. And yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think... That's great. It's important because as an editor, you are such a cheerleader for your writers that you need to be showing them. That's who I am. I'm going to buoy you and lift you up because that's what I'm here for. And they really appreciate that. That's great. And it also shows that other editors don't feel like they need to, it's not self-serving in a way where you're like, look at how cool I am and taking photos. And it's, it's not all, it's not a narcissistic thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also what you're saying, which is let's talk about things. Let's talk about books. Let's talk about things that we like. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then you create that engagement, which is so, so great. So I like that example. (laughs) Thank you. It does feel really awkward to, to sell. I'm not a good salesperson. It feels so awkward to talk about myself. Here's how great I am. Why you should work with me? It does not come naturally. (laughs) It doesn't come naturally to me. I actually hate the idea of, you know, selling my services. Mm. You know, a lot of editors, I would say 80 to 90% is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's how a lot of them get their continual business. And so I think the, the other percentage is what if some recurring project falls through and that can easily happen to anybody and has nothing to do with our skills or services. It's just circumstantial. Mm -hmm. So that other percentage of your business could be devoted to building an Instagram page, building Mm -hmm. your profile and and putting up these posts. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think like you said, the book idea, even I don't even have to be in the photo, a photo of three Mm -hmm. or five books that I've got on my nightstand, because you know, I have at least five, you know, I think a lot of editors are reading multiple books at a time and maybe Uh stop one to go and, you know, where our brains are constantly thinking of things. So that's a great idea. I I used to post a lot of questions, um, like a question of the day, and it would be, what is your protagonist's goal? And then 
talking about the books that I was writing because I'm also a writer. So then I could connect with them on a writing level as well. And we could talk about our books together. And that was another really natural way to get to know them because I wasn't coming at them like I'm an editor. It was we're on the same level here because I'm also a writer. And that was another easy way to kind of build that connection. That's wonderful. And I forgot that you're also a writer. I'm so focused on the editor because we're on the editor's half hour and that's all we can talk about. But we we also can write. And someday I would love to write a book uh, and I'd love to write fiction. When I have time, someday I'll do that. But that's that's an excellent point. So you're connecting with them on that level versus being salesy. Like, hey, I'm like just trying to sell my editing skill or editing services yeah. and, you know, and then it feels all awkward, but it's not the case. So that's very, very cool. Um, so another way, what's another way that you've utilized Instagram as a way for people to know you better? Um, I've seen other editors posting some cool videos and they put cool, fun music to them. And, um, sometimes it's like really simple videos of somebody making tea and it's like, how did, what did I have for lunch today? And it's actually really cute. And I think they're really fun. And I watch all of those. Um, have you done it? I feel like you have, but have you done some of those things where it's like, here's how my day went? Uh, what are you working on kind of thing? Yes. I have done a few, um, work with me reels or behind the scenes or a day in my life. Um, and they're always a lot of fun and, they get a lot of engagement because people are curious. We're always nosy about what someone else is doing. So I definitely watch those when someone posts them. And I think, again, they're a really easy way. And when I first started Instagram, reels weren't a thing, but now Mm -hmm. they are. And they do take a lot of work. And I know some people don't like them, but they are a really they are a good tool. That was my next question. That was my next question because I want to be realistic about it. So they're fun and catchy. You could put music and some people have like the words popping up on the screen, like all the things that they're working on. And it'll be like a video of them at their computer typing and editing. But yeah, you you just mentioned that. And I was like, yes, that's that was my next question. So how let's be realistic. Let's be real here. How much time and effort energy do you put into creating reels? And reels is just another word for saying video and, um, you know, adding the music and all that stuff to it. Is it easy? Is it, is it going to take all day? You know, let's, (laughs) let's be honest with the editors listening who want to start making these, but they're, they need to be, you know, budget their time wisely with Mm -hmm. with this stuff. Assuming that Instagram is not having any glitches that day, then it can be, a relatively quick process. So when I first started doing reels, I used to do the voiceover ones where I would mimic the audio, but then you'd have Mm. to get it so perfect. And then I just didn't have the mental capacity (laughs) to deal with. (laughs) I didn't quite hit that right. Oh, it looks a bit weird when I say it like this, I need to do it this way. And then I just thought, you know what, forget it. Let's just have sound and text. Just keep it nice and simple. And so I think- Yeah, if you've got just sound and text, um, it doesn't even have to coordinate with the sound. It can just be text popping up. Um, then it is quite it is quite easy once you know how the reels work. And now I think on Instagram you can schedule them as well, so you can make them ahead of time, which is great. Okay. So that you can then batch create all of your reels and you can get it done in oh. one day, do all your reel recordings, have all the audio, schedule it all, and then you're set. Oh, I love it. 
So what about graphics? Should editors get on Canva if they're not, if they don't have Adobe InDesign? Do you also, I think you do, you post graphics as well. You, you mm. post a variety of things, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly graphic carousel. That's usually what I prefer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I design in Canva. Canva's amazing. Um, but it took me a long time to learn it. When I first started Instagram, then I discovered Canva and used it for the first time. And my graphics were horrendous because I <laughs> didn't have a clue. I didn't understand how you like customized anything. So it was just the literal copy and, copy and paste of the Canva mock-up with my words put mm-hmm. in and it, they just didn't look good. So definitely have a play around with Canva and find your brand and your style because that's another really, really important aspect of Instagram is the aesthetic of your feed and yes. having your content look recognizable when it's on someone's screen. That's huge. Yes. Yes. And I want you to continue to talk about that because I've noticed some amazing editors who they have their highlights in those little circles at the bottom and mm. you can add your stories to those and all of those look so cohesive and beautiful and the colors match and, and it looks great. And all the graphics have the same style or colors. So that's, so can, please, I don't want to interrupt, please continue talking about um, like the cohesive style that goes behind the graphics as well. Yes. So you want to consider your brand colors and they need to be compatible. So you don't want to have too many dark colors that have text that you can't read then. Um, and you want it to reflect your personality and think about like the brand. Oh, I can't think like the color psychology. That's what I'm looking for. Color psychology. Oh, um, right. Yeah. And you know how red represents something and black represents something. So you think about that and then think about having legible fonts. So not all cursive and you can't read them all and not all too similar and not too many, um, because I definitely made that mistake of just picking a random font and thinking that looks nice. Nothing whatsoever to do with my business. It's not on brand, but it looks nice. And then it doesn't right. make any sense when people see it somewhere. Um, so definitely colors and font, because then your, your whole aesthetic and your feed looks the same and choosing a style. So if you're very mm-hmm. like feminine, soft edges, kind of, um, nice well they graphics and like little images that you get on canva if they are all consistent or if you're quite bold and dark and you know got a bit of an edge to you mm-hmm. be really really consistent in that style as well because you want someone to see their post pop up and know oh that belongs to that editor because it's right. a brand oh i love that that's great 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 information and you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I like that you said, you know, you said your graphics were horrific, but honestly, I bet if I saw it, I would say, I, I think they look great. (laughs) So I think it's one of those things where it's better than nothing. And it's Instagram. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's not like you're publishing a a book and we know what that's like. Right. (laughs) So, um, I think it's just a, a matter of spending that time you know, creating something that you think looks good and then let it evolve. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I don't know what, again, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm using my branding colors and, you know, sometimes I I'll make something I'm like, I don't really don't like how that looked. I let it do its thing. And then I just improve it every time yeah. or change it up every time, but using, you know, 
the the same messaging and branding. Mm. So that's cool. I, I, I like that there's really no one really judges too harshly, right? Yeah, I, I definitely made the mistake when I started of trying to do all the things. And so every month I would be changing my approach and thinking, oh, I like this color now. Let's have that. And I like this font. I right. like this style. And then that doesn't help because you're not being consistent. And so you need to be a little bit patient with social media, unfortunately, to try and actually see results. Um, but even now, after a year, I'll think, okay, I'm kind of sick of this now. I want to change and do something different. Change and, it up. Yeah. Cause it is exciting. It is fun to have it a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And people get so creative on Instagram, which is so mm. fun. So, so where do you go for inspiration? Are you inspired by other posts? Are you inspired by, um, just getting out and, you know, and being in nature? I mean, where are you finding inspiration for creating and being creative with your posts? When I started off, I definitely drew inspiration from my own writing and from the books that I was reading, because this was before okay. I had any client work or any people who would ask me questions. Um, so I would consider, you know, what I was working on, if it was an action scene, and then I would create a post about how to write an action scene and, oh. um, you know, tips for character development and pacing, you know, all those things that go into an action scene. Um, so drawing from my own writing definitely helped. And then analyzing the books that I was reading. So then being able to compare, say, atonement and talk about an element from the book and how the author did it really well and how new writers can learn from that. So that was always helpful. And I do recommend that people read critically, um, writer or editor, yeah. always a good skill. And now that I'm in a position where people are messaging me and asking for advice and I have lots of writers, then I see a lot of the same kinds of writing mistakes coming up or questions being asked. So then I will address those in posts. But the good thing as well, because I've been doing this for four years, is don't tell anyone, you can recycle content. <laughs> so after a little mm. while, when it's been you know a year or something, then you can bring the post back out again, give it a refresh, add some more to it because you have gained knowledge and you are a better editor than you were a year ago. And then you can put the post back out again. That's great. That's great to know because it's almost as if, you know, we discussed the the graphics thing, the reels, and, you know, there's a lot of time up front, but it does pay off because now you've got, you've created a library of content that you can refer to, mm -hmm. and then you can repost and say, Hey, remember what last year when I was working on that action scene or something <laughs> and you revisit it, which is so fun. So yeah. that should be encouraging too. So mm -hmm. have you met anybody that says, Oh, I hate Instagram. Oh, like, you know, the attitude, what do you, do you have people say that to you in conversation or in passing? Um, and then if so, how do you respond? Do you, do you try to encourage them or you just let them say what they want to say? It, it is difficult because Instagram, it can feel like a second job, really. I mean, my main point <laughs> yes. is, but then Instagram is a second job. <laughs> right, right. And there's so much time and, and thought that goes into it. Um, and so it can be, I think, not so much that people hate it, but I think they find it disheartening that they spend so long and they give so much energy into creating a post that they know is going to be really helpful 
and then they post it mm. and it doesn't perform the way they want it to. And then it's just soul destroying because you think, oh, yeah. it was such a good post. Why is no one seeing it? Why am I not getting mm. more followers? And I have definitely been there and just thought, mm-hmm. what is the point? No one is seeing this. It's such a slog trying to get followers, to get noticed, mm-hmm. but you do just have to be consistent and mm-hmm. it doesn't help to have all of this momentum, post, 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 and then be disheartened, take a break for a month and then think, right, I'm going to try again. Post, 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 get disheartened, take a break. You need to just stick <laughs> at it, unfortunately. I love that. That's good to know because that that probably happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. Is anybody even seeing what I'm posting? So that kind of brings me into hashtags and how to utilize hashtags. Um, So I kind of, so I have a two part question because we need to wrap it up. And I have, we, we barely, again, we always, we barely scratch the surface on a lot of topics on the podcast, but just enough to maybe ignite that uh interest that is there or you know people who might be avoiding it I people I mean editors who might be avoiding building their you know Instagram profiles so so let's talk really quick about hashtags what are some really good hashtags and the importance of them on posts um and then just ending I want you to end on some of those words of encouragement for editors who are I know avoiding this uh but they need to get on on Instagram so yeah what what are some good hashtags um, so definitely things like the writing community, M writing, creative writing, pretty well anything with the word writing in it um, is okay. a good bet. Um, and then you can also, if you are a niche, so if you are just romance or just thriller, then you can be specific and have hashtag thriller writers, hashtag thriller fiction, hashtag romance, hashtag M writing romance, um, and things like that to really... Home in on exactly who your audience is. Um, and then also have it relate to the post. So if it's a behind the scenes, then have hashtag behind the scenes, hashtag day in my life, um, and things like that oh, to then it. broaden the scope so more people who like that kind of content are finding you. That's uh, really good to know. And I need to start doing that because I'm constantly using the same hashtag. So that's good. Um, okay, so that final final words of encouragement advice to the editor who's apprehensive to Mm -hmm. get on Instagram what can you say to those editors I would say absolutely just do it you have to just start somewhere and then just build I think if you can find your your brand so your your colors your font but then also your personality and how you want to approach being online Um, And also considering what you want to be known for. Do you want to be someone who has really funny, witty videos? Do you want to be someone who's really smart and knowledgeable and knows everything about everything? You know, what's your approach? And also it helps if you have a bit of a backlog of content that you can share. So if you create your blog posts and your Instagram posts before you start your account, then you've got something there at least to get you through a couple of weeks. That's great. And, and I, and the one last thing that I can even add on to it is just have fun. Don't neglect it, have fun. Um, and people will pick up on that energy and the vibe and, Mm. and then they'll be attracted to you. And even if you're just meeting, you know, fellow editors, that's, that is just as important as meeting, you know, potential clients because we have to stick together. Um, and that's how we find success. I think if I could, Um, yes, yes. 
it would be to get comfortable on your stories. It took me so long to get comfortable talking on stories or showing my face on stories. So I would only share a post and then that would be it. It was all anyone would see from me for a day. But if you can get comfortable, that's how you can get people knowing you and, and trusting you and liking you because you are showing that more exclusive insight into who you are and what you do. So try and get comfortable on stories. I need to. That's advice directly to me. And I need to do that too. So <laughs> thank you so much. I am. And I, and I also want to thank you for being, you know, taking the time for this podcast. I know you're several hours ahead of me. So that means so much to me. So thank you, Isabel, for sharing your insight, your expertise on how to develop and maintain an awesome Instagram profile. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Editor's Half Hour. This podcast is your go-to resource for editorial trends, opening the discussion for new ideas through the real-life stories of editors. For more information about Nadia Jaja Pupa and her business, visit peakpublishing.com. That's P-I-Q-U-E publishing.com. Be sure to follow Peak Publishing on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And remember to subscribe and follow the Editor's Half Hour wherever you get your podcasts.